At the bank of Antandek, they're looking for a mascot. We need an icon. Something that says high fly into all our mortgage customers. Like a falcon or a stallion. Or even better, a parrot. Check it out. <laughs> Meanwhile, at Santander, they're concentrating on helping customers find ways to take years off their mortgage with their overpayment calculator. See what's possible at Santander. All applications are subject to status and our lending criteria. Your home may be repossessed if you do not keep up repayments on your mortgage. There's only 24 hours in a day. I got a pair of earbuds and I wish there was a way that I could know just what I want to listen to. There's 150,000 shows that I'm not sitting through. Welcome to Pod on Pod, a guide to the world of podcasts because it's not your daddy's radio. We're your hosts. I'm Josh. I'm Joel. And every week on Pod on Pod, we like to review a different podcast for you to help you find your next favorite show. You know, Josh, this is a very special week. It's Valentine's Day week. That's right. Love is in the air, my friend. Cupid's uh, arrows are uh, swinging uh, away, as uh, my son was telling me the other day. He says that I need to watch out for bows and arrows because Cupid's trying to get me. That's what... uh, Oh, it... At the bank of Antandek, they're looking for a mascot. We need an icon. Something that says high fly into all our mortgage customers. Like a falcon or a stallion. Or even better, a parrot. Check it out. Meanwhile, at Santander, they're concentrating on helping customers find ways to take years off their mortgage with their overpayment calculator. See what's possible at Santander. All applications are subject to status and our lending criteria. Your home may be repossessed if you do not keep up repayments on your mortgage. Yeah, that's what my five-year-old told me. Uh, I said, Cupid got me a long time ago, kid. He got me good. <laughs> I got four of you little buggers. Anyway, uh, we uh, we are, we are wanted to do something special for the holiday since it is Valentine's Day. And I thought, hey, what better show than the Savage Love Cast from Dan Savage? I had never listened to the show and I just went along with it. You, well, you thought Savage Love? That's probably got something to do with romance, right? Yeah, a lot I, of romance. I can't believe that you hadn't you'd never heard of this show before. I th- or you'd never heard of him either? Yeah, I didn't, neither. I've You so, are correct on both accounts. Yeah, uh neither neither. You say neither, I say neither. Uh so let me tell you a little bit about Dan Savage quickly. Dan Savage is an American gay activist. He's an author. Uh he's a media pundit, he's a journalist, he's a blogger, he's a podcaster, he's done all that stuff. Uh and he sort of rose to international acclaim with a syndicated relationship and sex advice column Savage Love. This was in newspapers. Is in newspapers I I'm, I'm assuming. I don't read newspapers anymore though. I listen to podcasts. Pre-2007. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh in 2010 Savage and his husband Terry Miller began the It Gets Better project, so he's behind that, and you you have heard of that, right, Uh, to help support LGBT youth? Yes. Yeah. Uh, He's also worked as a theater director, uh, sometimes credited as Kenan Hollihan. Look at that. He's got a uh, pseudonym. And he hosts a little show called The Savage Lovecast. You can find uh, The Savage Lovecast, by the way. Let me look it up. At SavageLoveCast.com. That's where you can get the full versions of the show. Did you actually go and listen to to any of the um, 
the Magnum episode versions. I think you have to actually subscribe for those, don't you? Uh, no, I'm perfectly happy with the 40-minute, 50-minute show. <laughs> yeah, I like those too. So you get micro-episodes if you subscribe to this through a regular podcast app. Through his website, you can subscribe specifically to him. And not only do you get longer episodes, instead of 45 or 50 minutes, they're closer to 80 or 90. Uh, they also don't have advertising in them. We're going to get to that in a minute but when we get to production values and the way this show is put together because I do want to have a discussion about that different tiering and the fact that he's got the subscription service and the direct. We we haven't really talked about this with any of our other shows. It might be applicable for a few of the shows we've reviewed, but this is uh, Mark Marin, for instance. WTF, I know, has a subscription service that you can get, but his works a little differently than this one. You just get an archive. Yeah. yeah. I want to I talk about the way specifically that Dan's got his set up. But first, let's tell you what the show is about. Uh, he is a love and sex advice columnist, and that's pretty much what the show is. Sex, sexuality. That is exactly what the show is, and if I knew anything about it beforehand, this probably could have been an explicit show. Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe we could talk more about some of the specific issues that he gets into, but I don't think this one doesn't require it. He isn't, I mean, he is occasionally explicit in his, but he's very also, um, technical and at times like almost clinical. Sure. But even the topics descriptions, well, yeah, because the average caller isn't, that's very true. Yes. The average caller is not clinical. The average caller and, and I mean, this is another show that is caller heavy, and we're going to talk about that when we get to audio content uh, or audio quality, I'm sure. But um, what this show is about, you get a sort of a monologue from Dan that is generally about news in the LGBT community, news in the gender equality issues of so the day. So we're just going to jump right into content. I think content's the place to start, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you get that little monologue to start the show and then immediately following that he takes a break for advertising and then starts the phone calls and it is and after a couple of those another break with advertising and then a new set of callers a new set of issues yeah and and generally he lumps those sort of by topic you you might get two or three callers in a row but they're all similar or the same topics and then he takes an advertisement and then comes back with some more topics and more callers what what did you think of the idea of the show, the format of the show, once you realized what it was? Well, you know, the so the very first episode I listened to um, was the episode where he has like the, uh, the Mike Huckabee rant mm-hmm. at the very beginning. And so that 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 being my because every show is somebody's first show. So to be introduced to a show not really knowing what it is and the first you know content i'm hearing is this dude just being real negative towards anyone else it didn't matter who it was right i mean and it's not like mike huckabee is one of your favorite guys or anything no. but right that's just how you that's don't just know, where i jumped in you don't know dan savage from from right, adam exactly either. and all he's just Swinging vitriol and anger, and right. you don't so, even know what his agenda is or exactly, what his exactly point of view. So that I was like, okay, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get through the rest of it, but I don't want to. I really don't want to hear a show that's really based on negativity. I don't. Yeah, those are the hardest shows to get through, um, just because there's negatives everywhere else. Everywhere else, you're being inundated with negative, mm. right? So in my podcast, I choose not to. Uh, to, to gravitate toward those types of podcasts. So it was the first thing I heard. But it was assignment. I'm going to listen to at least three episodes, right? 
And I got to tell you, over the next three or four episodes, that first impression, for the most part, went away. I I understand where you're coming from, though. I knew Dan already. I had a little bit of an idea what his attitude was. I had read some of his columns before. I had not listened to this show, I don't think, but I had heard him on other people's podcasts. And I'd heard him do radio. I'd seen him on TV. He can, if you don't know where he's coming from, if you haven't spent time with him, if you only hear him in a small soundbite, especially if he's in the middle of a rant, if he's really wound up, he can come off a little elitist, uh, a little superior, a little bit of a jerk. Yeah, and I came up against that wall like out of the gate. Yeah. You and I talked about it, though, off the air the other day. Anytime you've got a, a movement that is at all outside of the mainstream. And that's, uh, you know, the, the issue for LGBT, um, people. He, as a gay man is outside of the mainstream. Anytime you've got a movement like that, you've got voices at different levels of radicalism. Sure. You've got very mainstream, straight laced, conservative homosexuals advocating quietly and peacefully and and without raising too much trouble. Then you got people that are throwing Molotov cocktails at the system, trying to burn it down and change it immediately. Well, and all of that and all that's needed, right? Exactly. For change to happen, it has to happen at every level. Right. So, once you understand where he's coming from and you and you begin to hear the sort of the breadth of his message. Yes. You can understand where okay, it's, this isn't hate. This is all coming from a place of love and positivity. He gets heated. Because he wants things to be different, because he wants people to be kinder to one another, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, because he wants more rights uh, for he and other people like him, et cetera. And after and after listening to three or four episodes and getting that first impression out of the way, I came to the very same conclusion. Yeah. So we've segued now into host likability. But overall, I came out liking Dan quite a lot. I, I know him a lot better now after three episodes of this show. I think he gives great advice generally. And... I think for a lot of people, it is a tremendous benefit to have this resource available, to have someone who can talk to you openly and honestly and frankly and privately. You can put this in your earbud and you can hear that there are other people all over the world that are experiencing the same issues or the same feelings or, or whatever may have the same are. questions. Exactly. Or be ignorant on the same point. Yes, yeah. very much. And, and Dan rarely, even though he can be a little bit elitist and a little bit of a jerk, he rarely treats his callers like they're dumb or the question is stupid. Well, um, so, uh, sometimes, sometimes, <laughs> like whatever he gets, sometimes like, they are. <laughs> he's like, why are you wasting my time? Wikipedia is out there. <laughs> yeah. That, well, I will say that he did. I think he did, uh, uh, the affected, the audio equivalent of let me Google that for you once. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so that's host likability and audio, uh, excuse me, host likability and content that we've talked about so far. Let's move on to the production values. This is going to be, I think, a, a, a big issue for both of us. I mentioned earlier the way that he does his advertising. So he's got the monologue to start the show, uh, an advertisement generally for one of his sponsors, and then he goes into the calls. And then the calls are broken up by topic with ads in between. A lot of advertising for a 45, 50-minute show. Uh, did you go back and listen to any of the uh, very, very early episodes, like 2007 episodes? Mm, I, here's what I listened to. I heard episode 430, episode 369, and episode 431. Those are the three that I listened to. So a uh, sprinkling, but none of them are very early. They're all from the last couple of years. Yeah, so I, the, the, uh, obviously the very first one I listened to was very recent. Mm-hmm. Um, and... 
right after that episode, I was like, well, let me go back and listen to episode one. Let me go listen to the earliest episodes I have because as we've talked before, podcasts evolve, hmm. right? They're going to become something different. But if you go back to the very early episodes, you'll find what connects them all. You'll find that kernel of um, – of what that show truly is or, or wants to be. So I went back and listened to the first episode. It's only like 11 minutes, um, somewhere around there. And all the first ones are really short. Um, I, and it's pretty much just straight recorded calls. Three or four recorded calls. He gives advice. That's it. That's the whole show. Hmm. Um, and I guess as the show gained in popularity, um, the ads start coming in. Um, and I also found it interesting that in 2007 – in episode two, maybe, um, he made the comment uh, that he's generally a late adopter and he feels like he's he's getting to the podcast party late. Yeah, that was eight years ago. Yeah, all the way back in 2007. <laughs> I honestly, I think the medium itself was only about a year old at that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. So I was yeah. like, no, that's pretty – that's really early on. Um, but yeah, so really an episode now is like two and a half – Earlier episodes. Of the older episodes. Here's the thing. I like the way that he breaks up his advertising. I like the way that he breaks up the show. It is because of the nature of his show, because of the callers and the fact that the topics change a lot, but they're all loosely based on these sex questions, romance questions, relationship questions, etc. It doesn't feel like, God, there's just so much advertising in here. I was never dragged down by the advertising. It just felt like a radio show. Hey, this is what they do. If you're listening to regular radio broadcast, three or four times an hour at least, they're going to stop down for some commercials. And the commercials are going to be a lot longer, and there's more of them in a commercial break than you're getting on this podcast. So overall, I didn't have a problem with that. What was interesting to me, though, is once I realized, and he pitches it during the show, if you're listening to the podcast, towards the end, he tells you, hey, you can go to the website. You can subscribe, get the Magnum episodes with no advertising. My question is this. What do you think about dividing up the audience of your podcast into those willing to pay and not listen to sponsors and those that are actually listening to your sponsors? On the surface, that might seem like, oh, well, it's great. People who want to pay and get rid of ads can. People that don't want to pay, they can get it for free, but they have to listen to advertising. My my question is this, though. Aren't your best listeners, your most rabid fans, the ones that you want to support your advertisers, your sponsors, by buying their products, et cetera, et cetera? Aren't they the ones that are most likely to do that? What is, is, what does it drive care? down? No, no, dude. You can, my, no. It drives down the value of your advertising no, to me. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. What is he – okay. So those advertisers, right, they f- for the most part could care less. Well, I'm sure right? he only gives because, them the numbers – like it's not it's not like they're they're counting the subscribers for right, Magnum right. exactly exactly so those advertisers already know what that listenership is and they've decided hey for this listener base we're going to give you x amount of dollars they know it up front i i and i got you i mean and i'm sure it's still a good value for them to but me, what this does is by doing it that way because at the end of the day there's no such thing as free Nothing is free. Sure. Right? This podcast, the content that we're putting out, it costs. We we pay a cost for it to go out. Right. We're not getting anything in, right? So for an advertiser to cover that cost and 
maybe make some on the side. It's never really much. Yeah, I want whatever podcast I'm listening to to get that. Whatever makes it easier for them to put out content is what I want because at that point I'm just a consumer. I guess so. My thing is, to me, it seems like a better business model. I, I look at the some of the shows that I that I listen to that I know get premium dollars for their um, ad slots. One of the reasons I think they can do that is because they don't have a, another tier for their listeners. All of their listeners are hearing the show with the advertising in it, and so they only choose sponsors that they know their audience is going to appreciate. And I there's think, a, there's I think a tremendous mista- match there, and they're making a lot of money directly off those people. So let's just, for example, let's take Stamps.com because they advertise with everybody. Yes. Okay. Let's say there's a show that has 100,000 weekly listeners. Okay. There's a show that has 250,000 weekly listeners, and there's a show that has half a million weekly listeners. They're going to advertise on each of those shows. Right, Whatever they choose, their model or their structure, whatever criteria it is to get ad dollars for them, they're going to advertise on it. And it's not going to be a lot. You're going to make far more money from acquiring that individual subscription than you are from ad dollars trying to hit uh, – you get a dollar for every 10,000 views you get. I, I understand your point. I think – I mean, maybe for Dan, he's decided that the business model that he has is the best way. That's the maximum amount of money that he can squeeze out of it. But I feel like he's losing out. I feel like there is a better path. And I feel like other shows do the monetization side of it better. That's that's all I'm going to say there. I don't like the, the, the tiering of your audience like that. It feels like you got premium listeners and then you got regular listeners. Right, but those premium listeners are paying for that premium content. I, I got it. I got it. I've, but I feel like... I just feel like there's a better way to serve your community and your sponsors at the same time. Like that's, that's all. Uh, But obviously his subscribers are happy with subscribing. (laughs) Yeah, no, I don't have a problem with it. I think it's, I think it's a smart way to go. Uh, So that is the production values. Uh, The, Oh, here's the other thing that I wanted to mention there. He's got a great theme song, very catchy theme song. And in some ways, I think it's almost better than ours, even though Adam Dale didn't write and produce it. But the reason that I say maybe potentially better is because in a briefer amount of time, it, like our theme song, tells the story of the show. It sort of explains what you can expect in a very catchy way, uh, in a pop sound, you know, pop song style, and and it does it in a in like twenty five seconds. So we've gotten listener feedback about uh, retitling shows or how we can talk about the title of a show, and mm-hmm. because there's so many shows, titles don't give you a hint at what the show is. I think Savage Love Cast is a great name for the show because a lot of the stuff they talk about just because the callers is super raw. Yeah. So, and it is about love. So Savage Lovecast is perfect, even though it's really his last name. Like it just the, everything fits. Yeah, no, it does absolutely. And I mean, that's I think that's the name of his column smart. was Savage Love. So smart, it absolutely is. Yeah. He knows what he's doing. Uh, this guy's been around the block a few times. So we talked about content. We talked about production values, host likability, and the uh, audio quality is next up. Great recordings, largely. Dan sounds very good. Nice professional studio. This is the show that has for me the least offensive phone call recordings generally. There were some that were not as good as others, 
But whatever process the producers do, maybe they just get so many calls that they can only choose ones with a good connection or whatever. But I generally the calls I didn't have any problem listening to and understanding what the caller was asking. I can't say that for a lot of shows. So for the listeners out there, Savage Love Casts has phone calls. <laughs> that's, all, that's it. That's all you got to say. All right. Do you have any favorite moments that you'd like to bring up? Oh, I was going to – yeah, I do. I have one. But I was going to ask if you had any favorite questions or favorite like call-ins. Uh, there was one that I really appreciated. This guy called in. Uh, I thought it was going to be more important to me than it actually ended up being. He called in to say that his significant other – was upset at him because he was contemplating getting a vasectomy. And she, his partner, thought that that was selfish of him. And he was asking, Dan, was it? I was like, oh, well, this is something I've gotten. I've had a vasectomy, and my partner slightly disagreed with me. Kelly uh, was not on board 100% right away. She was like, maybe we don't need to do this just yet. I said, four children's enough. Um, But Dan made the point First of all, it's your body. You can do what you want to with it. But also, I realized this guy is – they hadn't even been dating very long. He'd been dating the girl for like less than a month or something. Like it's – they're not in the boat – in the same boat remotely. Also, he has zero kids and uh, is not planning on getting married anytime. So he's – it was a completely different lifestyle uh, than mine. Had nothing to relate to one another. But still an interesting question. That wasn't my favorite moment though. My favorite moment comes when a woman calls in. She was mildly groped on the subway. Did you hear this episode? No, but I don't think there was such thing as mildly groping. Well, it's either that's a how that's sort of how that's sort of how she described it. There was some like the guy was stroking, like he reaches out behind from behind her and is sort of stroking like her stocking and her leg a little bit with one hand. And this is a stranger. She doesn't know this guy. It turns her on though. She's sort of into it. Even if it's not a stranger, that's still a creepy way to touch. Somebody. No, sure. She she's she's sort of turned on the, uh, though by it the the naughtiness of it or whatever and allows it to happen. She enjoyed it, let it happen. It was over. You know, nothing untoward other than that happened. She's asking Dan though. She was a little worried by allowing this, by not speaking up, by not stopping him from doing it. Was did she betray the sisterhood, so to speak, of other women? And is she responsible now for whatever this guy does to other people in the future? And again, Dan was sort of torn. She, he was like, well, first of all. Yes, you're right. You should have shut him down and told him, you know, where to shove it pretty much. Why? She liked it. And that's the that's the flip side. He said, "But at the same time, what the hey? You're a woman that took charge of your own sexuality and you said this is a thing that I want." Right. He said, "So so at the end of the day, no, you're not responsible for what that guy does because that guy is responsible for what he does. It's just like it's not your fault that he groped you, it's not your fault that he groped somebody else." But on the flip side, yes, you have sort of quietly, uh, invisibly reinforced this negative action that he is apparently doing at random on the subway. So anyway, I love that question. I thought he broke it down really well. Uh, My favorite question was a lady called in um, who – I don't know if it was her first boyfriend or the boyfriend. She was the boyfriend's first girlfriend. I can't remember. The point is – she called in because it turns out her boyfriend has a diaper fetish. Oh, nice. And she wasn't calling in. Like, she wasn't freaked out about it at all. She's like, hey, this is his thing. It's what he's into. What What can I do to make things easier for him? What can I do to turn him on? Like, I'm okay with this. And Dan's like, well, first off, he told you this and you didn't run away like most women would. 
just ask him. He's going to do whatever it is to keep you. Yeah. <laughs> because there's not a lot of you around. <laughs> yeah. There's somebody for everybody. Josh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was our favorite moment. Uh, we've sort of wrapped things up. Before we give you our rating, though, uh, let's give you our elevator pitches for the Savage Love Cast. How would you sell this show to somebody else? I'll give you mine first. Everyone is kinky in their own special way. Put these earbuds in and let Dan Savage explain it all to you. I think you're overselling the kinkiness of it. Really? Yeah. Here, here's, here's in every single episode, I heard at least one story that the strangest, weirdest thing that I've ever been sort of attracted by or turned on by, I, I was like, oh, well, that's nothing. I'm, I am a vanilla, <laughs> wheat toast kind of guy, apparently. Uh, there's some, there's some stuff out there, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there is some crazy stuff out there. How would you pitch this uh, to new listeners, potentially? Uh, it's simple. Did you like watching Jerry Springer? Well, you're going to love listening to Savage Love Cast. <laughs> I think it's a, a significantly higher level of conversation. Sure, but it's the same. It's the spectacle of it. Uh, I suppose some of it is that looking at the neighbor's dirty trash. Well, and nerdy, but the thing is, is it, what eventually want, what won me back to Dan's side Right after that first impression, he really does give good advice. Yeah, a lot. I think he helps a lot of people, and and I don't think you can say that about that many podcasts. We love a lot of podcasts. I don't know how many podcasts help somebody. Yeah. And so so here's the thing: is the the fact that I pointed out the the spectacle of it, uh, and that uh, my fascination fascination with it, it's just how crazy some of this stuff is. Mm. I think I'm probably listening for the wrong reasons. <laughs> no, I think that I think all of the reasons are good reasons to listen. That brings us to our rating at at Pod on Pod. We rate shows with earbuds, not stars, not thumbs up. We tell you how many earbuds in. I'm going to give this show out of a two possible earbuds. I'm going to give it a 2.0. I like really? it. I am. I am. I didn't expect to. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. Do you ever worry that you're gonna that you're gonna like suggest it to somebody and then they're gonna listen and be like. Holy crap! What is Joel into? <laughs> Joel's a freak. No, I don't. Uh, no, I don't think so. Because I think, I think that everybody is a little bit freaky. I really do. Every everybody's kinky in their own special way, and that's a good thing. And and Dan reminds us all of that. So the show started out for me like again. Keep going back to it. The first I don't know five minutes I listened to, I was like, oh, this is a half earbud show. And the more I, I gave it a chance, like the more it just grew on me. I still think, like, I still think there's a sometimes the fight that he's fighting is worth fighting. Okay. I don't always like how he goes about it. If you're fighting for love and acceptance, I don't. I don't. You, you got to love and accept a little yeah. more. Yeah. Yeah, and and I'm not saying that he that that he doesn't. On a lot of cases, he does. But man, some things not at all. Yeah. Um. And so it's it's hard for me to listen every week because of that, or or it's hard for me to listen to more than one episode at a time. I enjoy it when I listen to it, so I can't. I just can't give it a two. Like it's not something I'm going to listen to all the time, because some of the things. Does sour my stomach. Understandable. But it's a great show. He gives great advice. 
So I'm giving it a one and a half. Very nice. So three and a half earbuds from the Pod on Pod crew for the Savage Lovecast. You can find uh, Dan and all of his uh, podcast glory at savagelovecast.com. That's savagelovecast.com. And now it's time for listener feedback. Uh, this comes from Raul. Raul emailed us this week. You can email to pod on pod at teamprocreate.com. Uh, Raul says, uh, hello, Josh and Joel. I honestly don't remember where I heard about your show from, but I love it. I've listened to every episode except the very latest one. It's on my list for tomorrow, and I've added several shows to my rotation already after listening to your review. If you're curious, those are Decode DC, The Bugle, What Say You, Mabimba Bam, and Welcome to Nightville. He's got quite the spread there. Those would, those would probably be in the top 15 to 20 podcasts of of the ones we've reviewed so far. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, I, I'd probably put all of those in the top 10, maybe even I work in a cubicle to pass the time. I throw on my headphones, list of podcasts all day. So I have quite a few in my rotation. What got me into podcast listening back in 2008 was a tech news show, the Engadget show. I've since moved on Engadget, by the way, is a website, Engadget.com. Although I think I read somewhere they're one of the ones that AOL is shutting down. Maybe mm, I'm not positive about that. I've since moved on to getting my tech news by listening to The Verge Cast, Tech News Today, and This Week in Tech. I'm sure there are many other tech shows out there. I'd love to get your take on these or a few of your favorites. Uh, and then he, he suggests some other shows. Um, I, I listen to a lot of tech shows. Do you listen to any on a regular basis? No. not You don't subscribe to any? Not a single one. Okay. I'm trying to think if I listen to any general the, tech the, shows. The last one that I listened to was ATP. Yeah, Accidental Accidental yeah. Tech Podcast, which is one of my regular ones. It's one of my favorites. We will review that at some point. That's a very – it's a specific – it's an Apple – it's really for Apple developers even, not just Apple users. That is not a generic tech show, I think. That's more for the in-depth folks. But I like it. I like to hear the nuts and bolts sometimes. There's a great show from John Gruber called The Talk Show. I listen to that a lot. Now, he is a developer himself, among other things. He's also a writer. Um, but he is, does a more sort of generic overview of the news, especially Apple um, geared. But um, we'll try to review – we'll try to maybe do a, a tech trifecta. Um, so that way you don't have to, to delve too deeply into any one of them. But we can maybe sample around and, and find one that you might like too. I, I will do a tech trifecta. I'll agree to it right now as long as – ATP is not part of that trifecta. <laughs> okay, fair enough. It's so long. They, they do have very, very long episodes. That's very, you know what show I'm going to tell you? Here's, here's a great tech show, Clockwise. Clockwise is a show that's on Relay FM, the, the network, Relay.fm. Uh, search for them in iTunes and Stitcher, et cetera. Clockwise is the name of the show. It's a 30-minute show only, weekly. They have four panelists they do four different tech topics, and then if they are on time still, they do a bonus topic, and they do it all in 30 minutes. Very quick. They just touch on it, a little bit of discussion in the group, and then they move on to the next one. That's a lot of fun. Gets a lot of stuff in. For any of the listeners out there who have wanted to start a podcast, here's a great idea for you. Spoof that show and call it Clockwise Orange. <laughs> That's free. That's that's just that's just on Josh right there. Just go ahead and take that run with it, folks. Raul goes on to suggest uh, several different shows, including there are a couple that I've heard are good. Raul says, but haven't listened to myself. A review of one of these would really help me decide if they're worthy of my time. And he mentions too the Dad Podcast, which I have not heard. Have you heard that one? Check that one out. 
No, but that'd be a great podcast for Father's Day. I agree, and we'll put it on the list. Look at that. There you go. It's the Father's Day podcast, the Dad podcast. Uh, here's another one, and I have heard this one. Unless, unless Dad is the acronym for Dads Against Dads, and then it's probably not probably a good show. Probably not. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I don't think that's what it's about, though. Uh, and the other show that he mentioned is the Startup Podcast. Have you checked that I've one heard, out? Yeah, um, I, I haven't listened to an episode yet, but it's been – uh, floating around Alex, in my sphere for a while. Alex Bloomberg is the creator and the host of that one. He um, came from uh, NPR, I think, originally. He's part of the This American Life team, sort of tangentially. Tangentially, There was a money show, and I can't remember now the name of it, but he did a, a radio show with money in the title for a long time. And now he has gone on to start a company called Gimlet Media. The startup podcast is the chronicling of beginning that business. And in the future, future seasons of the show are going to be focused on other businesses. They're going to start looking outward. But but this first season has been a fascinating look inside the world of podcasting. Inside, that's awesome. That's that's a fantastic idea. It is a really cool one. Inside new media, inside just what it's like to start a business. There's episodes about finding a partner, episodes about creating the title of your business, except looking for funding, all of those sorts of things. So I strongly recommend that, and we will get around to reviewing that as well. Um, startup podcast from Gimlet Media. Check that out. Uh, thanks for all the recommendations. Raul, one more listener feedback before we wrap up. This comes from Christopher Lupo, and uh, he was asking about uh, news podcasts. He asks very specifically. Yeah, the Bugle, done. So uh, get the Bugle, there you go. That's a pretty good one. He asked about daily or weekly news podcasts to sort of replace watching the nightly news. He doesn't like the nightly news. He doesn't. He's not happy with any of the daily news sources that he had available to him. He loves podcasts. Is there something out there? I'm not positive to tell you the truth whether they have a daily show. I listen to Stitcher Marketplace all the time. Uh, and is that a daily show? No, it just goes through like it's like two minute, three minute. You know, gives you the headline, gives you the pertinent information, doesn't really give you speculation, and then moves on. Lots of – I know there are a couple of different things that you can subscribe to as a podcast from NPR. Now, those are radio broadcasts, obviously, repurposed for the um, internet. But I know they have some daily roundups. The other thing that I was going to suggest, though, is Slate. Slate.com has a whole series of podcasts, politics, news, pop culture, and otherwise. And I think most of those are weekly-based, but they have – in 30 and 45 minute formats and hour long formats sort of a three or four panelist discussion of the news topics of the week that I find very entertaining and very enlightening and it's a, a much more pleasant way for me to get the information without the nonsense that comes with the daily news I'm with you as I don't like to watch the news you talked about negativity earlier that's the best way to bring your day down to me well it, yeah and I already read a lot of news so I don't like – I'm not – the time that I have to listen, I'm not going to spend it on news. This is already a long episode, but I, I do want to add this one other thing. Christopher Lupo also suggested as a sidebar, he said, I find speeding up podcasts to 1.5 times or 2 times normal speed is really helpful um, for both the time that it takes to listen to them and understanding them. Might be a good tip for your listeners if you find speeding up audio is useful as well. Do you, you do this? No, but you do this. I do. Yeah. Here's I, I have never done it with any other podcast app, but early on during our run here, I think it was about episode 14, 15, something like that, I reviewed an app called Overcast that's available for iOS. It's not available for Android yet, but uh, it's from Marco Armont, one of the hosts of Accidental Tech Podcast, actually, and it includes a feature called Smart Speed, 
which allows you – you don't actually move it up to 1.5 or 2 or anything like that. But what it does is it dynamically takes out the silences of a show. So no one seems to speak at a faster rate, and yet the show doesn't take as long as the time tells you it's going to take. It is a fascinating bit of tech. It's really, really in- – interesting software. Nobody else does it exactly like this. There are a couple of other apps that have a similar feature, but they don't do it in the same way. I really enjoy the way that it sounds, and I listen to almost everything that way. The thing that I like best about Overcast is that it's got a feature in the settings, if you go and look, that tells you how much time you've saved. Over actually speeding up the podcast, I could move it up to two and and that number might be higher. But just using the smart speed feature, I've saved something like 59 hours already since starting this app back in the summer. That's tremendous to me. How much money Overcast given you? <laughs> None, man. As a matter of fact, I spent whatever it was, four ninety nine or 5 bucks for all the features of it. But if you're on iPhone... It's free to try. You can even trial the the speed boost feature and the vocal boost feature uh, for like five minutes at a time in the free version. So there's no reason not to download it and try it if you're on iPhone or, or iPad. If you're on Android, it's not available. There are many other great Android uh, podcast apps, though, even though you, don't, uh, you, you prefer to stick with Stitcher. Um, I use Podcast Addict too, but all of those apps do have the the speed boost function, don't they? Even Stitcher has a, a higher speed rate available. Maybe, <laughs> but you don't care to use it. You don't like the chipmunk sounds? No, man. I I want to listen to you know that's like my vinyl. There you go. All right. So uh, different strokes for different folks. I think there are reasons to speed it up, Christopher. I think there are reasons to uh, keep it the same way. I like to listen to some of every show now, at here's, here's the thing. regular you, rate. You say you, speed it, like, you say you speed it up, but often we talk about certain times where there's like you can tell what the edit was. You get, It's obvious this right here is an edit. They said something or whatever, and we've had a lot of conversation just speculating on, on those little things in a show. Yes. Why would you want to get rid of that? I don't. But see, that's the beauty of the smart speed. That's why I like Overcast versus some of these other apps. The smart speed doesn't get rid of the, I can still hear the edits. It, the edit just doesn't – it's not surrounded by three seconds of silence like it often is in other podcast apps. I mean lots of times you have shows that aren't tightly edited that, that have big gaps in between the, the two speakers or the three speakers or whatever it might be and, and Overcast sort of takes care of that for me. I do, whenever we're reviewing shows, I listen to at least you know part of one episode without the vocal boost and without the um, smart speed turned on just so I can actually hear the real quality of the episode itself. But that's a much more in-depth discussion probably than Christopher wanted. There are our thoughts on uh, podcast speed boosting. There is Joel's thoughts on podcast speed boosting. Well, you gave your thoughts earlier too. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter. They're in there. Yeah. All right. Uh, so thanks for all the feedback. You can send us some at podonpod at teamprocreate.com, podonpod at teamprocreate.com, or stop by facebook.com slash podonpod, uh, or tweet us at podonpod. Since it is Valentine's Day, why don't you show a little love to your favorite podcast, whether that be us or somebody else, and write a review uh, this week in iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you uh, listen to your podcasts. You got anything else to add, Josh? Nope. All right, until next week when we're going to be reviewing our business trifecta. Are you ready for this? Productivity is coming next week, Josh, to Pod on Pod. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Oh.
<laughs> you don't want to be productive? Till next week, you don't have to be productive. You can just listen to more podcasts. <laughs> we'll talk to you on Wednesday with another great review at podonpod.com. Until then, I'm Josh. I'm Joel. Keep doing you. <laughs> there you go. Pod on Pod is a proud member of the Procast Network, a Procreate production. Procreate is a community of artists in film, music, the digital arts, and fine arts that helps them connect and collaborate on projects. You can find out more at teamprocreate.com. For more great podcasts from the Procast Network, check out Movie Buzzed. Every week, your host, Zach, and special guests review a new film. It's time for good friends, a great movie, and a good buzz. The Pot on Pod theme song was written and produced by Adam Dale. You can find more information about him on our website. Our musical guest this week is Roa Summit. I stayed behind You found your love And I found mine We'd make it work We'd do alright We'd make it Oh, oh Now I would say I'm getting by To say the least It took some time I miss you here I know it's right I'll make it Oh, oh I...
At the bank of Antandek, they're looking for a mascot. We need an icon. Something that says high fly to all our mortgage customers. Like a falcon or a stallion. Or even better, a parrot. Check it out. <laughs> Meanwhile, at Santander, they're concentrating on helping customers find ways to take years off their mortgage with their overpayment calculator. See what's possible at Santander. All applications are subject to status and our lending criteria. Your home may be repossessed if you do not keep up repayments on your mortgage. Tune into Haycar's new podcast series, The Road to a Simple Life. And join me, Vernon Kay, as I chat to McFly's Harry Judd, Ian Haste of Haste Kitchen, and Money Magpie's Jasmine Bertles about how they keep things simple across their family, food, and financial lives. The Road to a Simple Life is brought to you by Haycar, the new website for used cars that promise to make finding your perfect used car simpler than ever. Find us on all major podcast channels or head to haycar.co.uk forward slash simple for all of the episodes.